Are you seeking fulfillment for your life? Do you want freedom from fear? That's why we're here. Welcome to Jesus 101, introducing you to the real Jesus. And now, here's your host, Elizabeth Talbot with Mike Tucker. I'm Mike Tucker. And I'm Elizabeth Talbot. Your friend was searching for someone tall, dark, and handsome, but Scripture helped her be open to other options. So what were the other options? I don't understand. Well, actually, this woman had a preset paradigm of what her husband should look like. She's got a picture in her head of what this guy's going to be, right? Yes, that's right. So she starts dating this person who feels like is the right one for her. She feels like at home with this this Mm -hmm. person emotionally and spiritually. It's almost like God has chosen this person for her, but doesn't fit the paradigm. So, what, what he doesn't look like the, the, the <laughs> Well, actually, he, he is dark and handsome. He's just not tall. Just not tall. Yes, and so so she's struggling because she had a preset idea, and many times we find ourselves with preset ideas of, of what somebody or something is supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. And so she was uh, reading the, the life of David, and when she got to verse 7 of the chapter we're seeing today, she felt that there was a biblical principle there that she should, um, you know, okay. just pay attention yeah. to because Samuel, actually Prophet Samuel, was struggling with the same thing. He thought uh, of a way that the king should look like. And mm-hmm. so when Jesse's sons, you know, David's dad, uh, started coming, you know, they he th- said, oh, well, this one is a tall one. I'm sure he's the king. And God kept saying, no, 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 that's not him. That's not him. So the principle that she found is the one in verse 7. It says, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or at the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For God sees not as man sees, for man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So she, when she read this verse, she said, wow, I was looking at the height, and that's not the way I'm supposed to look. <laughs> she says, well, you know, the Lord looks at something else when he chooses people. Right. He looks at the heart. And that was a pivotal time for them. They got married, and they're still married. Very happy, actually. Well, that's good. You know, it is true that we get a picture in our mind of what someone's supposed mm-hmm. to look like, you know, yeah. whether it be a, a wife, a husband. A, uh, a boss or, or a friend, and then all of a sudden it doesn't turn out that way. doesn't mean that God's hand's not in it. doesn't mean that it's not the right person. We yes. have to judge as God judges rather than as we judge. Yes, and we're starting today our study on the life of David. We're going to spend uh, four weeks with you on, on the life of David, and we're going to do it uh, crossing from one book to the other. We're going to start First Samuel and go to Second Samuel, but his story is also in some of the other historic books. Mm-hmm. Um, we find things in the First and Second Chronicles. Chronicles, etc. So you can go back and forth in all the books that you find about David to fill in his story as you study. And the reason we were looking at David's life is David is probably the most important king of Israel. And he's important for a, a number of reasons. He really helped unify the nation and made it, uh, he put it on the map, so to speak. Absolutely. He was the greatest king of Israel and it was spoken of by people in uh, subsequent generations as being, you know, that was the ideal time to be in Israel was when David was on the throne. David was the king. And it is with David, of course, that God made a covenant that uh, that uh, his descendants would never pass from that throne. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, the, the covenant was an important part of this, and David was very important because he put Israel on the map. Yes, and when we get to the New Testament, everybody's talking about this Davidic king that they're waiting for, and of course, Jesus fulfills that prophecy, and people keep calling him son of David and some right. other things because of this expectation that there would be somebody on the throne. And, and of course, the prophets were the ones who made that expectation, talking about the, the future king 
a Davidic king, one like David who would be on our throne. That's right. And so, again, David was used as the ideal king. Mm -hmm. And a type of Christ. That's right, Mm -hmm. a type of Christ. Now, as you look at David's life, you wonder why. Mm -hmm. Because we're going to find some flaws in this man as as we go through. But yet, that in itself becomes encouraging to me as I look at his life. Yes. See, uh, David is an ordinary person in the hands of an extraordinary God, and and this should encourage all of us. This is a a boy who is a shepherd, and we start seeing uh, parallelism with the life of Christ from the first verse of the life of David that we have in the Bible, chapter 16 of 1 Samuel, verse 1, because... Um, David lives in Bethlehem, and he has been born in Bethlehem, and of course, Jesus will be born in Bethlehem, too. Yeah, referred to eventually then as the city of David. And of course, as we start this story in 1 Samuel chapter 16, uh, Samuel, the prophet and the judge of Israel, is grieving over how uh, Saul, King Saul, has turned bad. And he's been rejected of, by God now because of his own choices. And so, in verse 1, it says, Now the Lord said to Samuel, How long will you grieve over Saul since I've rejected him from being king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go, and I will send you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have selected a king for myself among his sons. I love this part because um, because it says that God selected for himself right. a king. You know, We will have another anointing of David later on in 2 Samuel when the people anoint him king. But here God is anointing him king. He has chosen him. This is not a him. democracy. No. <laughs> no one has voted on this. God has said, all right, I am God and this is the man I've chosen. Now, he's not going to meet your expectations, but it doesn't really matter because I know who he is. Yeah, this is the reason why Jesus is born in Bethlehem because remember there was a census in Luke chapter 2 where mm-hmm. all the descendants of David had to go register for the census. And of course, Joseph and Mary had to go to Bethlehem. So, Jesus is born in Bethlehem. Mm-hmm. So, here we have the beginning of the story of Jesus, really. Samuel goes to Bethlehem, and then he meets with Jesse, and who is David's father. And he says, show me all your sons. And, and the first son that comes about is the oldest son, because, of course, you were supposed to show them in that order mm-hmm. of age at of that course, time. Of course, you would start very... with the oldest. That mm-hmm. made sense. That was the, uh, the common practice of the day. And it's very interesting because Samuel falls into the problem that my friend had, um, because he looks at the first son, and he looks so royal, so, so mm-hmm. you know, the way a, a king is supposed to he look like. He looks like a king. He's tall. <laughs> that, that's a part of what he was enamored with Saul over, was the fact that he was head and shoulders taller than anyone else. Mm -hmm. And he looked like a king, but he didn't act like a king. That's right. That's right. And so here we have verse 6. The enter, he looked at Eliab and thought, surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or at the height of his stature. And then he gives this principle that the Lord looks at the heart. And you know, one of the names that we have for David throughout the Old Testament, Mm -hmm. is a man after God's heart, Mm -hmm. a man after God's own heart. And here God is actually looking at his heart from the very beginning. And you know what encourages me about this is a man after God's own heart does not mean that you're a perfect man, because again, as we study David's life, we'll see over and over again that this man is anything but perfect. Yes. Mm -hmm. But he he always turned back to God. He he longed to be after God, to be one who, who was close to God, who did his will. And whenever he messed up, he always came back. Yes. And you know, it's very interesting because he will look at the seven sons of, mm-hmm. of, of Jesse that Jesse has brought into the house. And seven was supposed to be the perfect number of sons. That's right. So, he's done and the Lord hasn't chosen anyone. You know, I want to tell you something about the, the background of Jesse. Remember the story of Ruth uh, mm-hmm. in the previous book? 
Um, Ruth is a Moabite, right? Well, Boaz and Ruth eventually get married, and their son is Obed, who is the father of Jesse. Mm-hmm. So Jesse, the father of David, is the grandson of Ruth. Mm-hmm. Okay, and you can see how God chooses ordinary people, even people that Israel would have rejected, like Ruth, the Moabite, right, and to be in the ancestry of Jesus. Right. Well, here is David again, who is kind of. Uh, being rejected by his father because he's tending sheep. He's the little one. He's not. He's an ordinary guy. He's, he's the youngest son. He's the eighth son, and that's just one more than what you need for, to have perfect sons. You know, mm-hmm. you had seven already, <laughs> yeah. and they've sent him out here to care for sheep, which was the worst job on earth. In fact, mm-hmm. it, it, some of the things you had to do as a shepherd disqualified you from uh, worshiping in the temple. Absolutely. And so here he is. He's the nothing and nobody, the forgotten son, and yet he's the one that they've sent for because he says uh, these first seven. They're not going to work. Yes. And so he says, well, do you have any other children? And Jesse says, well, yeah, I have this yeah. little one up there with the sheep, but I'm sure he's not, but <laughs> not important. But can't yeah. be him. Can't be and him. And he says, I-, I love the stubbornness of Samuel. We will not sit down until he comes <laughs> in verse 11. So he comes and at that moment, the Lord says, arise and anoint him for this is he. Yeah. And, and verse uh, 13 is beautiful uh, how um, Samuel actually does this. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon David from that day forward. And Samuel arose and went to Ramah. See, here the job is done. He anoints the next king because God has chosen a king for himself. He's an ordinary boy tending the sheep. And uh, actually, God gives him the spirit from that day forward because he has chosen him for a task. This kid comes in fresh from the fields, and he's been caring for sheep. And he's been out outside where it's hot. He doesn't smell good. He doesn't <laughs> look like a king. He's a kid, and he's dressed in a shepherd's clothing. He's dirty. He's smelly. And the moment he steps in, Samuel anoints him as king. Can you believe it? And the spirit of the Lord comes upon him because he's going to be prepared for this task. This is the beginning of the of the prophecies about Jesus in the sense of Jesus being the Davidic king. I want to take you to the prophet Ezekiel for a moment. This is a chapter where God says that Jesus would be like David. Uh, Chapter 34, verses 23 and 24, put together all these things, that he would be a son of David, that he would be also a shepherd, a shepherd of God's people, and that he would be the one that would liberate them from the bad shepherds of Israel. Um, Maybe we want to read those two verses. Then I will set over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he will feed them. He will feed them himself and be their shepherd, and I, the Lord, will be their God, and my servant David will be prince among them. I, the Lord, have spoken. Now, this prophecy is given through Ezekiel hundreds of years after David, but this was the descendant like David that would come. And part of the beauty of this message of David is that Jesus is the Davidic shepherd who is tending the sheep. Um, And at the same time, the fact that God used such an ordinary person back then with such an extraordinary task. And a shepherd had such an intimate relationship with the sheep because he cared for every need. Every need they had, he was there for them, tending them. And that's what Jesus is for us. He is our shepherd. He is our king. He is our redeemer. The one who meets your needs, whatever your pain, whatever your sorrow right now, Jesus sees it because he is the one prophesied of old to be your shepherd, your king. Jesus has been pointed to from Scripture from long ago. He is the one who would come, who would set you free, and David is a type of that. Thank you for joining us today on Jesus 101. For more insights and resources, connect with us at Jesus101.tv. That's Jesus101.tv. 
Like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Jesus 101 Institute and follow us on Twitter at Jesus 101 Media. Until next time, live free.